Welcome to the alternative. Radiated questions virtual reality. Sponsored by ISEDN.org. Is there life beyond the big four search engines? Are webmasters spending more than they need to? Or leaving money on the table? What opportunities exist on the margins? Spend the next hour exploring paid and free alternatives to the major search engines. Now, step into the alternative with your host, Jim Hedler. Welcome to The Alternative for May 17, 2007. We have a great show lined up for you today. Um, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Incorporated is on the line right now. I'm Jim Hedger from SitePronews.com, and today's topic is net neutrality. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing just great. How are you, Jim? I'm great. Uh, nervous anticipation for the show today. This is, uh, I think this is probably one of the best we've got lined up of the year. And it's certainly about like one of the most important topics uh, on the Internet and to webmasters, eh? Indeed, indeed. I don't know if there is a more important topic to webmasters than net neutrality. So uh, definitely an important topic, and I'm really glad we're uh, covering it. And we have got a couple great uh, speakers lined up here today to join us. So uh, I'm very excited. Well, yeah, we have, uh, we have Timothy Carr, the campaign director from SaveTheInternet.com. He's going to take up most of the show. But later we're going with, um, with, with Senator Byron Dorgan from North Dakota. He's, uh, he was one of the co-sponsors of the Internet Freedom Preservation Act that uh, was introduced in May of 2006 and was reintroduced, um, I think, in January of this year. It uh, was. Dave, you, you had that interview with him. I, how, that was about 15 minutes? It about 15 minutes, and, uh, yeah, the senator was kind enough to give us, uh, to give us some of his time and, and answer some of, the, uh, some of the important questions about the politics behind um, net neutrality, and uh, we have an expert on the subject, Timothy, here to discuss uh, discuss with us and, and for our listeners uh, really what it is, how why it's going to, or the impact it's going to have um, if if net neutrality isn't uh, isn't secured. Well, yeah, I mean, this isn't just about the money. Um, it's not just about corporate rights and responsibilities. Net neutrality is about keeping the web as like it's the ultimate level playing field for all of us. It's about you know, it's about organizations like WebmasterRadio.fm or SitePronews.com trying to compete with, uh, with Sirius Satellite and, and CNN, or with the likes of them. You know what? It's about giving ninjas a right to express their opinions. It's like giving this guy a right to distribute to millions of people. Special delivery, net neutrality. In case you don't know what's going on. Okay, let's just pick somewhere where everybody likes to be. Um, watching the girl at hot dog on a stick make lemonade. I think we can all agree that's pretty compelling. But then, like, the big internet service provider puts up a wall and says you can't watch the girl at hot dog on a stick make lemonade unless she pays us. Meanwhile, they're trying to make you watch Robin Williams' cousin make bacon juice, and he's got like a mesh shirt on and there's lots of hair. He's like just as hairy as Robin Williams, but not even as funny as Robin Williams is not. He's just squeezing bacon into a cup, and they're like, hey, that's the same as watching the hot dog on a stick girl make lemonade. And you're like, no, it is not. Hello. I want to see the girl in the tricolored funny hat doing a funny motion that produces something that I like. That's what the internet is all about. People in funny hats making things that people like. When Vince Cerf invented the internet, that was his whole goal. And, and then the big internet service providers are like, well, we can make a fake version of that. And you're like, um, can't I just do that? And they're like, well, only if those people give us some fried cheese. And everybody's like, but it's already there. Can I just see it? 
And they're like, not, well, we have this big wall that's built out of the shredded First Amendment, and they hold it together with glue reed. That's a glue made from greed. But it's not Lou Reed. That guy's pretty cool. Net neutrality. Do 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 net neutrality. I really need to get some backup singers. Net neutrality. Do 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 net neutrality. Okay, that was Ask a Ninja on net neutrality. Um, joining us now, we have Tim Carf, campaign director for SaveTheInternet.com. Tim, welcome to the Alternative. Thanks for being here. Hey, hi, Jim and Dave. Thanks for having me. Hey, Tim. It's an absolute pleasure, and, and I'm hoping after that, uh, after that last little piece, you can uh, <laughs> maybe make a little, a little more legitimate the uh, the, the efforts um, that are required and, and the reasons for them. Well, um, I mean, Ask a Ninja is always a hard act to follow, and I mean, it, we're we're grateful that that uh, Ask a Ninja, who's actually uh, a comedy team out of L.A., uh, made a, a a web video. Uh, on this issue, and they put it up on YouTube, and I think it's just had hundreds of thousands of downloads, and it's really got this issue out into a broader audience. And we've been we've been fighting around this issue of net neutrality for quite some time now, but it's really been uh, web activists and people who really use the internet in their daily lives who really made it a very prominent issue in 2006. And you know, we uh, we uh, we had an uh, we had a, an issue in Congress where. Uh, they were trying to rewrite telecommunications law, and, and there was a bill that was being supported by the largest phone and cable companies, the companies that basically dominate broadband access in the United States that would have basically allowed them to undermine the fundamental, fundamental principle of the Internet, uh, and that's user control and user choice. They had decided that they wanted to control where you can go um, online and how quickly sites can be downloaded by adding an extra toll. And they wanted to, they had their lobbyists in Washington, they wanted to pressure Congress to, to write laws that would allow them to do this, and we managed to, to put together a broad grassroots uh, coalition at SaveTheInternet.com, and, and through public pressure we stopped this legislation in 2006. Now, if you can answer, we're, we're going to be playing some audio we got off your site just as a, as a sort of overview um, for our listeners of what this issue is, why it's important. Um, but maybe if you can touch on before we before we head into this, what is it that you're doing specifically? How is it that we can sort of take our part and, and ensure that this, this sure. thing called net neutrality is ensured? Well, the, I said that we we stopped this legislation in 2006, but now in 2007, these very powerful phone companies are back, and they're 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 still lobbying hard to try to change the the Internet in a way that really tilts it to their advantage. And so we've, uh, you know, in 2006 we had a million and a half people who took action on this issue. And we're still writing Congress. We're still pressuring Congress uh, not to sell us out. And what people can do is if they're interested in this issue and they want to learn more, they can go to savetheinternet.com, uh, which is our coalition website. We have lots of information there, FAQs. We have a whole range of actions that people can take, um, including writing letters to the editor of their local newspaper, uh, writing their congressmen, calling their congressmen, um, doing all sorts of things. People have made their own videos and, and submitted to us to them. We have a whole page there of like dozens of videos that activists have made on this issue. This is a real grassroots movement, and it's really the first movement that's usually that's actually used the web as its main advocacy tool. We've really used the web to, like we say, we've used, we've used the Internet to save the Internet. So, so people are taking all sorts of actions there, and we encourage people. To, to go there and do what they can to keep this issue in the headlines and, and make sure that uh, we stop this effort to really control the future of the Internet. 
you know, if people go to savetheinternet.com, one of the one of the first things they'll see is this video. And unfortunately, on Webmaster Radio, we can't actually show the video, but we can play the audio. Now, Tim, uh, this this audio is great. This pretty well explains the explains the issue of net neutrality. So I think our engineers have it queued up, Eddie. If if we can play that now. Stand by for action. <laughs> The way the internet works today, everyone is connected to each other through the same level playing field. But a handful of phone and cable companies want to change all that. They want to lock down parts of the web and make sites pay them more money to use it. Everyone else will get the slow lane. How will they do that? by killing one of the internet's founding principles, net neutrality. So what is net neutrality? I'm not even sure what net neutrality means. You connect to the web through pipes owned by telephone and cable companies, but the deal is they're not allowed to mess with what's inside those pipes, whether it's Google or Yahoo, Lonely Girl or Bill O'Reilly everyday citizens or business tycoons, everybody's website gets the same speed and quality. That's called net neutrality. So what's the debate? That actually seems quite fair. Yes, almost too fair. <laughs> it's as though the richer companies get no advantage at all. The companies want to set up a restricted fast lane on the internet, but only for their partners and services. Only sites who pay them a huge fee would be allowed to use it making them gatekeepers. This is really a debate uh, over monopoly versus the ideas of even the smallest person being given access to every person in our country. That's what the genius of the internet was, that it made the First Amendment a living document again for millions of Americans for whom it had lost its meaning. But this wide open access could be slipping through our fingers. It happened, remember, to television, radio, and cable. It could happen to the Internet. Protesters are asking for help to defend Internet freedom. The group SaveTheInternet.com delivered thousands of signed petitions. With a single refrain, Save Our Internet. Every day, as more and more citizens learn about the issue of net neutrality, they realize that the Internet, as they know it, is very much at risk. SaveTheInternet.com is turning the tide in this battle, exploding to over 800 groups from across the political spectrum, with political leaders, artists, Internet celebrities, and over one million Internet users like us who petition Congress to protect net neutrality. Together, we blocked an attack in the Senate in 2006 and sent dozens of Internet freedom fighters to the new Congress. But the gatekeepers are launching a counterattack on Washington and on your state legislature. We need to raise the alarm now to make neutrality the law in our new Congress. Man the battle stations at SaveTheInternet.com to sign the petition, call your congresspeople, 
and share this message with friends. And stay tuned for our plan to build a faster, more open, and accessible internet in 2007. Use the internet to save the internet at savetheinternet.com. Oh, welcome back, Tim. Yeah. Um, if I can, this just leads me to a, to a question here. How sure. is this at all legitimate? Like, what is the legitimate argument saying that this is some sort of necessity um, that, that the cable company or the, yeah, the telcos should be able to pull this off and, and that net neutrality is somehow hindering um, there, there, what they're doing? There, there really is no legitimate argument. The only, this, this is the nut of the whole issue here. Uh, the phone and cable companies control 90, over more than 98% of home broadband connections in the United States. And what they want to do is ransom off those connections to the highest bidder. They want to actually ransom, they want to they hold your connection hostage and completely change the business model of the Internet so that they can make more money. Now, what, so what the traditionally... We all pay for our connections. It doesn't matter whether you have a dial-up connection or a broadband connection or it's a T1, what have you. We as a consumer pay for that, and then we get onto the Internet. And, and the, the Internet model, then once you're online, you're allowed to go anywhere you want as long as that site's legal. Uh, and, 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 and any site that you choose, you'll get to as easily as any other site. What they want to do is completely change that model and not only have you pay to get on the Internet to pay your level of access, but also to have other websites bid to get access to you. And so they're getting money on both sides, uh, and they're also, they're also prioritizing websites. If CNN.com pays them more money than your local favorite blog, they will get faster access to you. And, and the sort of free user freedom, the user-powered, people-powered Internet will be completely undermined because the big corporations who can pay for those priorities will be in front of uh, other websites that you might want to go to. These websites will be slowed down or degraded to such an extent that this sort of level playing field, this great marketplace of ideas, um, uh, will be decimated. Well, Tim, uh, SaveTheInternet.com has referred to these large telcos as, as the gatekeepers. Um, yeah. I guess my first question is, who are these large telcos? What well, are their names? Well, the United States, the largest phone and cable providers... On the phone side, and this usually comes in the form of a DSL broadband access, it's, it's Verizon Communications and AT&T. Um, and on the cable side right now, it's Comcast and, and Time Warner. Now, there are, other cable and, uh, there are other phone and cable providers that also reach uh, uh, you know, millions of people, but those are the big ones, and they, they actually exert uh, uh, extraordinary power in Washington, D.C. They spend hundreds of millions of dollars on campaign contributions and Lobbyists and uh, travel junkets and and advertising and PR firms and lawyers to basically hijack the democratic process in Washington D.C. and push through a legislative agenda. And what was remarkable about 2006 in the SaveTheInternet.com coalition, as it was mentioned in one of those videos, is that we actually managed to organize uh, public interest groups and political groups from across the political spectrum to provide somewhat of a counterbalance this massive corporate lobbying effort and actually get the attention of Congress and, and get Congress to, to, rather than, you know, doing business as usual, which in many cases means just rubber stamping what the corporate lobbyists tell you to rubber stamp, they stopped and they, they killed a piece of legislation 
that uh, didn't serve anyone uh, but uh, these these large corporations. Well, absolutely. Um, you've had over uh, almost 1,700,000 people sign the petition at uh, savetheinternet.com. And you've organized a coalition that includes, includes groups like uh, MoveOn.org, the Christian Coalition, the Feminist Majority, the Gun Owners of America, um, yeah. the American Civil Liberties Union, and a uh, New York City advocacy, advocacy group for AIDS victims, the homeless, and people with mental illness and addictions. That's a pretty diverse coalition. Well, you know, for a lot of these groups, it really, it did, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter which side of the political aisle you sit on. They understand that whether they're advocating for health insurance or gun rights or what have you, that they need the Internet to be able to reach their political base. You have groups like Move On and the Christian Coalition, which rely upon the Internet to, to communicate to Washington and to communicate to their base and to create this sort of political momentum behind issues. And, and if they can no longer do that, uh, in the ways that the internet has worked for them over the last 15 years or so, then then they face you know real problem. And I mean that that's a practical solution for them. But a lot of them, I just just believe that you know the internet has been one of the most democratic. Uh, it is the most democratic communication tool in in human history. Uh, it, it has been a an engine for economic growth. It's been an engine for free speech and new political ideas. And that we need to preserve the basic architecture which has made it so, and and that fundamental principle that keeps it democratic, keeps it a level playing field, is is net neutrality. And and we we had net neutrality as a law governing a lot of internet access up until 2005, when the Federal Communications Commission got rid of it in a bad ruling. And now we're exposed. We are exposed. These large providers can now come in and start tilting the internet to favor themselves and companies that pay their special fees. And we need to put reinstate net neutrality into law in Congress in order to preserve the democratic nature of the Internet. Now, you were mentioning organizations there, how there are you know, there is no real political tie to any of these organizations. I mean, you've got organizations on the far right, you've got organizations on the far left. Um, in, the, in the Internet Freedom Preservation Act itself, we've got Democrats, we've got Republicans. What is the divide? Uh, what is separating the pros from the cons in this case? Um, you know, it obviously isn't a strict party line. It's not by by any sort of ideology per se. What is creating this division? I mean, it seems like a, a pretty <laughs> simple I, thing. To I mean, to, I, to be glib, I would say greed is cre- creating the division. You have very powerful money corporate interests. Uh, that one, you know, contr- that want to control access to the internet. These are these are massive corporations that make. And you know, last year, Time Warner, AT and T, Comcast, and Verizon. Those four companies made over a hundred billion dollars in gross profits. Uh, they are very powerful entities who have allies uh, in Congress. They have allies in think tanks, and and they have created this momentum against our position, but they have been unable to demonstrate that they have real grassroots support, real support from the American population for their issue. But they do have a lot of money, and they have a lot of power. And we are just, we're simply trying to counteract that with people of all, all walks of life who really care about this issue uh, and who can forcefully you know, make the case that having an open and neutral Internet is really important to the work that they do in their daily lives. I mean, I, you know, I could play devil's advocate and say that they, 
you know, what they are saying is that uh, net neutrality regulations are, are burdensome government regulation, and we should keep our, this is a term that they use, we should keep our hands off the Internet. The government doesn't need to regulate the Internet. And that, that, that sounds good. A lot of us ha- are sort of knee-jerk libertarians, and we think, yeah, that's a good idea. The government shouldn't have its hands on the Internet. Well, in fact, net neutrality has been a, the reg- guiding regulation that has governed the Internet since its inception. And it, it is a rule that effectively keeps the, the Internet free and open from the sort of interference, interference to content, interference to you know, prioritization, discrimination, that these large corporations want to impede. So it's sort of like it would be. It's sort of like calling the First Amendment government regulation. You know, it's just it's just this kind of mentality that when you dig deep into what deeper into what they're saying and how they they oppose this issue, there's just nothing there. I mean, it all boils down to the sort of money that they're willing to spend to try to preserve or, or try to try to create this new revenue stream for the very largest corporations that control internet access in the country. Well, there's some there's some really large corporations who've come out on the side of net neutrality. Uh, Google uh, and Yahoo are the are the two of the best examples. Um, and it seems that you know they're 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 throwing money to uh, many of the candidates uh, who are in the, at least many of the Democrats who are in the the running for president. Um, I noted that when uh, the Internet Freedom Preservation Act was reintroduced in January. Um, you had high-ranking Democrats like Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton signing on uh, as co-sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, conversely, some of the some of the large corporations, the big four that you mentioned, I know each of them have deals with um, some of the large entities, like again, like Google and Yahoo, who have come out for net neutrality. Why the contradiction, and and how might that play out um, if the decision goes either direction? Uh, well, I mean, Google and Yahoo. Uh, uh, Obviously, stand to gain from a neutral internet. I mean, if you look at the history of Google, it was it was a company that was started by a couple of college grads working out of their garage, and they they put an idea, a better way to search for web content, out on the internet, and it was because of that neutral playing field that they their better their better idea, more people used their tool, and it and in a in the free marketplace of ideas that neutrality provides, it rose in the marketplace because nobody. No large corporation like Microsoft could come in and say, if people want to search, they should come to Microsoft's search engine. People went online and they chose Google. They could find it just as easily as any other search engine, and they emerged at the top. So you have these corporations that support net neutrality. And, you know, you could say they support it out of their own self-interest, which is fine, but but it's uh, it's also important to note that the sort of innovation, the sort of that the sort of innovation that has driven uh, the internet over the years, the, the the guy, you know, you had an Israeli teenager who who wrote the code for instant messaging, or you, again, you had Google, you know, uh, working out of their garage, or you have musical bands like OK Go, which you know couldn't get a contract from a record label, and then they created a YouTube video, and it's got more than 12 million downloads. You, those are all the results of an open platform on the on the internet where people can go where they want to go. And choose things based on their merit, not because uh, there's some sort of a gatekeeper or filter that's saying, "Oh, you want to watch music? Why don't you go to our music website instead of going to this obscure band and watching their video?" And and so you know we're really trying to preserve that democratic nature. And you know there are corporations that support net neutrality. There are those that oppose it. That sometimes they work together on issues. Sometimes they oppose one another on issues. And 
you know, we're just hoping at the end of the day that the, the better principle, this, this principle that preserves choice online, uh, wins out. Well, you mentioned the kid in Israel who came up with the Better Chat program. Um, one of our listeners in the chat room has, uh, has asked how net neutrality would affect the international market, um, sites that aren't even hosted in the United States. Well, it's, um, it would, I mean, as, you know, the Internet doesn't stop at borders. I mean, you know, the net neutrality affects what's called the last mile of access. The, most of the companies in the United, that are based in the United States, they control that last mile, uh, how you get online as an individual. But once you're online, the Internet doesn't end at borders. It would, but it, so it could conceivably, uh, it could affect the ability of people around the world to access sites and to communi- connect with people that are based in the United States. If there are these filters, it's the, the, the technology that I've heard is referred to as deep packet inspection filters that filter content, if those are sitting at the end of every Internet connection in the United States, it then makes it difficult for those of us who are communicating with people overseas or people overseas who want, conversely, to, to communicate with us, they do have this extra, this extra gatekeeper, which could potentially cause problems beyond the United States. Um, where where you have the sort of discrimination um, it, it going beyond the borders. Now, I have to jump in with, it may seem like a, a pretty obvious question, but obviously the, the telcos would, would tend to disagree. I know I have, of course, Internet. Um, you know, everybody listening does because it's an Internet-based radio. So we're paying for our connection. I, right. I have a website. I host it with a hosting company. I pay them. Um, they're paying for bandwidth on their end. How did this even come up? We we all seem to be paying. <laughs> like there there is no shortage of money heading, um, you know, out of out of consumers, um, and out of businesses already to pay for this infrastructure. Um, how did this all all even become an issue when we all seem to be paying in gobs and gobs of cash for the bandwidth that we're using anyway? Well, I mean, the, there's there's this notion that as more people use video online, that the the demand for bandwidth will become scarce, um, that there's not enough bandwidth to accommodate 100 million people downloading, or 100 million YouTube downloads a day, plus everything else, plus, you know, increasingly television is going online. So there's this notion that bandwidth is scarce and that in order for uh, the large corporations to provide more bandwidth, they need to increase their revenue sources. And the proposal that they have put forward, again, Executives of these large companies have said this in the pages of Wall Street Journal and Washington Post and Business Week. The proposal that they're putting forward is to add an extra toll, to add an extra toll where, where, where websites that require bandwidth have to pay more than they're already paying uh, in order to gain access to that company's consumers, its net users. And, uh, and so there's this notion of scarcity um, and the notion that they need, again, more to raise more money to build more bandwidth. But at the same time, understand that these same companies, as I said earlier, have $100 billion, have generated $100 billion of profit, gross profit in 2006. So, so it's a little hard to uh, understand these, these, these declarations of poverty uh, from the likes of AT&T. Well, and as you, you brought up earlier, what they basically seem to be crying for is, you know, Loss or basically almost a return to you know pure capitalism. You know we like, get the government out of this thing. Now what it sounds like to me is if the users themselves are start, are the problem. Like uh, you know I'm downloading videos from YouTube all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't it make more sense to just let the economy sort itself out, and if it's going to be required, and bandwidth is so expensive, and we're all gobbling up so much of it, to actually let capitalism do what capitalism does, and, okay, so I, as a user, now have to pay a little more for, for my extra bandwidth rather than charging the website uh, for it, charge the user, the person that is using it. Well, the thing, thing is, is that we already pay extra. You, as a user, if you you want to watch uh, streaming videos online, you will pay a higher rate for a, a higher speed connection. And then on the other end, if you have a YouTube or a Google that wants to load up more videos, they also pay to 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 uh, to facilitate that capacity. So th- that system is already in place. Now, what what these these corporations are asking for is uh, is a, a new toll that will fundamentally change the nature of the internet. We have, have to understand that internet. These are these corporations have received massive government um, assets and ma- massive government giveaways through effective lobbying. They are not. You know, they'd like to say that they're against government regulation, but they themselves are the product of government regulation. In fact, the Internet and the communications infrastructure of the United States is one of the most heavily regulated uh, industries in the country. And what we're trying to make sure is just that those policies, those public policies exist, um, reflect the interests of consumers before they reflect the interests of these large corporations. Um, and so this is really not a fight over... You know, no reg- regulation, no regulation or regulation. Regulations have existed since the inception of the internet. We just need to make sure they're the right regulations and that they serve the right people. What's it like working with the new Congress? I I, I understand working with the last Congress was was incredibly difficult, <laughs> but how's the new? No, I mean we have we have a couple of champions now that are in more powerful positions. If you look at the House, um, there's a subcommittee under under Commerce and Energy uh, that's chaired by. Uh, Representative Ed Markey of Massachusetts. It's, it is the subcommittee that that uh, governs governs communications and telecommunications and internet. Um, Markey is a, one of the most intelligent people in Congress. He understands the internet like no other. And uh, he made he that YouTube the, video the other day. Is, is that right? That's right. He did make it. He made the first YouTube video from the chair, and uh, he put it up. It was actually quite funny. So I mean, we're pleased that we have. We have some champions in the House, and we have some champions in the Senate, as you mentioned earlier. Senators Byron, a, a Democrat from North Dakota, and Snow, I'm Senator Dorgan, I mean, from North Dakota, and Senator Snow, a Republican from Maine, um, uh, have, uh, have put forth legislation in the Senate uh, that, uh, that would codify net neutrality as law, um, their support uh, in both houses. And what we really need to do now is just to continue public pressure on Congress to let them know that this is still a very important issue and that, that uh, none of our, our Congress people should cave to these uh, very, very influential corporate interests without hearing us out first. So what can the people do? How if uh, somebody wants to get involved with SaveTheInternet.com or wants to, wants to get to their congressperson, what, what do they got to do? If you, come to sa- if you go to SaveTheInternet.com, we have um, some action tools there right off of the front page. And um, we also have some, you know, some FAQs and uh, where people can learn more about the issue, but if you if you click on Act Now right off of the, the front page there, it'll take you to a list of about five or six things that you can do. If you want to write a letter to the editor of a of your local newspaper, we have tools that will allow you to access those email addresses and write those letters. If you want to write your congressman or call your congressman, um, your your member of Congress or in the Senate. We also have uh, tools that will allow you to do that, including talking points, so you know what to say when you. 
you get a staffer on the phone, and, you know, there's a whole range of things that you can do there um, and to become more involved. And you can sign up to become an activist at savetheinternet.com. We send out regular updates so people know uh, how things are moving, uh, what's happening in the House, what's happening in the Senate, what's happening in the states, and it allows them to take action. Yeah, I just want, I just want to make sure, I know that you're, you're pressed for time, but I just want to make sure that, uh, that people really get this. What's at stake if we lose net neutrality? Well, if we lose net neutrality, we face the possibility that the Internet, as we know it, will fundamentally change. Um, the sort, you, the, you know, I believe that the Internet is a great tool because it, uh, ultimate control rests in the hands of the end users. It has taken away the gatekeepers that have uh, traditionally dominated other forms of media. You look at the history of broadcasting. Uh, radio and television were once thought to be these great public mediums because they are fairly cheap to access the public airwaves, but over time, um, our airwaves have been squatted on by the largest um, broadcasting corporations out there. You have a company like Clear Channel that owns over 1,200 radio stations across the country, and it's really been taken out of the public's hands, and that's true for newspapers as well, and the Internet is really the last great hope for real public control of the media, and we really need to be vigilant. We're only you know, 15 to 20 years into the history they're sort of user-generated Internet, and, and we can't allow what happened to broadcasting to happen to the Internet. We can't lose control um, at the user end. And what, what's being proposed, again, by these very large and powerful corporations is to take away that control so that they can favor uh, companies and websites that pay them extra money and uh, steer you away from your favorite blog or your favorite independent musician site or wherever it is that you would choose to go on the Internet without having a larger website shoved in front of you. If I can just jump in here, I, I know we are pressed for time, but I have one more question here. Can we compete with money? Um, we can. I mean, if, 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 you know, some people are, a little, are cynical about this, but in a, in a true democratic process, if, if people speak out, and I believe this to work, if people speak out in Congress forcefully, they make their voices heard or they visit... Their local representative, or they, or, or they, you know, they petition them on the street. Um, you will get a response. Uh, you know, uh, Representative Markey came to a conference that we had earlier this year, and he said that Congress is a stimulus response organism, and there's nothing like more than a million and a half letters from Americans to get them to stand up and take notice. So we just have to keep keep on them. We have to keep very vigilant on this issue and make sure that we're not getting the wool pulled over our eyes by this very powerful corporate lobby. Well, Tim, uh, we have to go to break now. Um, I know you have, to, you have to get out of the office. Um, thank yeah. you so much for joining us on The Alternative on webmasterradio.fm today. My pleasure. Folks, um, this isn't just an uh, American issue, although listeners in America, go to savetheinternet.com. Uh, get in touch with your Congress people. Get in touch with your senators. And actually get in touch with uh, people on the state and local levels as well, because I understand the, um, some of the corporations are trying to move, uh, move bills through state congresses as well. But, again, this isn't just an American issue. Canadians, get in touch with Parliament. Same in the U.K. Your, your, your Parliament needs to talk about net neutrality a little bit more, and in the E.U. Um, I'm being flashed like mad from the, from the booth right now. We've got to take a break. We went... Um, well, we sort of ignored our first break call, so this might be a bit long one, but stick around. We're coming back with uh, Senator Dorgan, a Democrat from North Dakota, 
This is The Alternative on webmasterradio.fm, sponsored by the ISCDN. The Alternative on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial break. the right affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com. Searching for the tools and tricks to rank your websites even higher. Well, there's no need to go through a back door when you can climb up on the roof. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Webmasters on the Roof. Direct from Deutschland. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Join the media Donis along with his partner in crime Friday night as they put on their black hats to teach you their SEO secrets. Webmasters on the Roof. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. .fm. Are you out of your broken mind? Welcome to the 11th Annual International Web Award Competition. Walk the red carpet as the Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the Web Awards, recognizing the best websites in 96 different industries. Winners receive a beautiful image plaque or certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from the expert judges, links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site, and a free press release from PR Web. So the winner goes to... Well, you'll have to see for yourself. You can't win if you don't enter. Go to www.webaward.org to enter and win. Hurry, deadline for entry is May 31st. Attention WebmasterRadio.fm loyal listeners and our premium podcasters. If you are experiencing trouble listening or downloading from WebmasterRadio.fm, you can help us help you. Click on the news tab of our homepage and look for Experiencing Connectivity Issues. Then follow the simple instructions for filling out an Akamai support ticket. WebmasterRadio.fm is proud to stream our first-class programming by providing multiple listen live links on our homepage via our new content delivery network, Akamai. Akamai. If you are experiencing trouble listening or downloading from WebmasterRadio.fm, click on the news tab of our homepage now. Help us to keep everyone in the B2B business world connected to webmasterradio.fm. .fm. .fm. And now, transport back into the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Well, you see, there you go, Dave. That last, that last commercial just says it all. Imagine if we lived in a world where content creators had to pay for the bandwidth to upload their material onto the web. The bandwidth Webmaster Radio goes through every day is, is absurd. We've, um, we've actually we, we burned out one host already, and um, I know that we're stressing Alchemy big time. Uh, imagine if uh, there was extra gatekeepers along the way. I know. I know. It would just be, well, and, and with great programming like Webmaster Radio has, it would be a shame because it would be a, a loss to the listeners. Well, yeah, not just that. I mean, like, this, the Internet has allowed us as, as just regular folks who are, happen to be good at what we do um, 
An, an enormous venue. Uh, we really, I mean, like we can we can set up a radio station directly aimed at at people who work the web. Um, you couldn't do that 15 years ago. Those were the dark ages of communication when the gatekeepers were the major networks, were the people who could get the broadcast licenses. Well, very true. And I mean, there's there are some areas where I don't even know that we necessarily think of them as as negative byproducts um, if new net, net neutrality um, wasn't enforced. Um, you know, I know, for example, you know, of course, uh, I'm an SEO. We have clients. They have they have websites now. They're going to have to pay more for for their site. On top of that, they're now going to have to pay more for um, you know services like ours or web designers. Um, you know, it, it's going to cascade down because not only are they having to pay more to host their websites because their hosting company is having to pay more. I'm having to pay more. I'm having to pay more for accesses. I'm having to pay more for you know we have dedicated servers and. I mean, it, it just cascades, and really, I think the person that's going to be kicked in the teeth the hardest uh, is is the small business owner and, and the medium-sized business owner, and just people like uh, like you know a couple a couple geeks from Stanford who want to build a search engine. Um, well, no doubt. Could you? Make, I remember having clients like Bed and Breakfast outfits, uh, Bed and Breakfast operations. Could you imagine if uh, the user, if the the search user, wasn't able to see their content because they weren't part of the very large um, XYZ corporate chain of hotels. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, I mean, looking for something like, um, you know, something we both know because we, we both herald from Victoria. I, I want to look and, and take my kids uh, whale watching. Um, you know, would a, which of the small whale watching companies uh, locally here is going to be able to, to rank? No, you know, or is it going to be, uh, or that's going to be able to, to provide or pay for the fast uh, the faster access? No, it may very well be some you know newspaper that happened to do a story on whale watching um, that ends up or ranking some Disney IMAX film. There you go. There you go. Um, well, so you know, we were talking. To, we were talking to Tim a few minutes about, ago about uh, successes and and difficulties they've had in working with Congress. And actually, earlier um, earlier this week, you were able to speak with. Uh, with uh, Senator Byron Dorgan from North Dakota, Democrat from North Dakota, who was one of the sponsors of the of the net neutrality bill, um, the Internet Freedom and Preservation Act, we weren't able to get him on the line. But um, how did that interview go? It went very well. He answered. I, I knew we were going to have um, Tim on covering sort of some of the basics, um, you know, of what it is and what are the politics involved. Um, but to have the opportunity to to speak with the senator um, and sort of get a, a little deeper into you know what's What's going on, um, you know, in the politics behind this thing? Um, he was he's answered the questions. Um, well, I guess uh, the people will find out momentarily how he answered the question. Well, we've got that tape queued up, so we're going to be rolling it right now. Uh, thank you very much, Senator, for for joining us today. Um, as we've already discussed earlier in the in the program, what net neutrality is. I'm just going to jump in uh, right into the politics uh, behind it. Um, you proposed the Internet Freedom Preservation Act. Thank you for that, by the way, as we've mm-hmm. discussed it a few times here on the show. Um, it's pretty obvious, you know, with, with yourself in there, uh, Ms. Snow as well, that this isn't a, a specific, a, a party-specific issue. Um, you know, this, this is a, a bipartisan uh, sort of issue. What is the environment in the Senate on this bill right now? Who's for it? Who's against it? Are there some specific lines? Um, that are sort of drawn in the sand on it. Well, first of all, you're right. It is a bipartisan issue. I'm a Democrat. Senator Olympia Snow from Maine is a Republican, and uh, we, uh, we've introduced uh, the Dorgan-Snow uh, bill. And um, 
at this point, you know, there's a lot of heavy lobbying on the bill for on, on all sides, frankly. Um, I call it Internet freedom. Some call it net neutrality. But the point of it is this. I want the Internet to have an open architecture available to anyone at any point from anywhere to be able to go on the Internet. And, um, you know, out there listening to my voice, perhaps there's someone in a college dorm or someone in a basement that's planning their new business that becomes the new Google or the new Yahoo. Um, but the only way that can happen is if they have equal access to the Internet. And our great concern is uh, some big users, particularly, uh, well, I won't describe the names of the companies, but some very big users uh, want to decide that they want to create uh, different kinds of Internet access, fast lanes, slow lanes, etc. And uh, I'm very worried about what the consequences of that would be. No, that, that brings up a, a good question, one that I did want to get to. What is, and I, I had watched your video, and, and you gave a very similar answer, which I love, hearing an answer twice that's, that's consistent. It tells me you're actually believing what you're saying. Um, but when did you first get an interest in this subject? When did this first come to your attention? And what made you bring it up? I mean, there's, there's a lot of issues that, that you obviously care very passionate about. What made this one of the ones that you decided to, to bring forth bills on? And, well, uh, a couple and of years it? ago, for example, uh, uh, Ed Whitaker, who uh, was... Uh, the chairman, the CEO of uh, SBC, now AT&T, he was quoted as saying in Business Week, here's the quote, they don't have any fiber out there, they don't have any wires, they don't have anything, they want to use my lines for free, and that's bull for a Google or a Yahoo or a Vonage or anybody to expect to use these pipes for free is nuts, unquote. Well, that's uh, the head of AT&T, the, head of, the former head of one of the big bells, saying, you know, we, we might want to take a look at some of these people on the Internet and charge them to come across our pipes. Well, that immediately destroys and changes the open architecture of the Internet for the little guy, the small business somewhere out there that uh, might be the next big idea to be able to have equal access uh, to the big business, to anyone, anywhere. That's been the, the remarkable success of the Internet. Is It's open architecture. It's completely free and open everywhere to everyone. So who do you believe will be the hardest hit then? Should this, uh, the, the bill that you're putting forward, not pass? Is it the Googles of the world? Um, or really, who is going to be the worst hit? Well, you know, the problem with uh, creating gatekeepers or tollkeepers for someone to be able to get on the Internet, and that's what I think some of the larger interests would like to do in the long run, the problem with that is uh, the, the, the small interest out there, the uh, the person with the, the gleam in their eye, the dream, the, the, you know, the, the people that want to start a new business, uh, they don't have the money to access uh, or pay toll charges to a big company to get on, on the Internet. So that would be the dilemma. You know, there's a great story here about uh, Google's a good example. Uh, you know, Google, uh, eight years ago, was uh, in a garage with eight employees. It had a garage door opener. You know, that's why they moved to the garage. And uh, and now, uh, these two guys, Larry and Sergey, with an idea, now they have a company that is worth the combined market value of Coca-Cola, General Motors, and Ford combined. Now, think of that. Um, what, what what is that success story? Would Larry and Sergey from a garage in California have been able to pay a toll to get on the internet? 
met, no. I, I doubt whether they would have started because they wouldn't have had the money. But, uh, and I don't mean to single Google out. I'm just saying that I think there are, there are millions and millions of people out there that uh, will, will be advantaged because of the open uh, democratic uh, architecture of the Internet available to all, uh, achievable by all. Now, you touched on a, on a subject just a, a little bit ago when you, you were mentioning lobbyists and that there are some on both sides. How strong an influence are the lobbyists having on this issue? Um, and and so who are the main lobby, lobby groups involved um, on each of the sides? Well, you have the big telephone companies, big cable companies, uh, you know, Internet companies. You have lots of people with different interests, different companies with different interests, and they all represent that interest to the Congress. When we raised this issue, uh, Senator Snow and I, during the markup of a telecom bill in the last Congress, uh, we offered it to the markup, and it, uh, it failed on an 11 to 11 tie vote. It's very controversial uh, because, frankly, some very big economic interests in cable and in the telephone area are pushing very hard because they want to be able to create toll charges, uh, be gatekeepers, if you will. And, and I understand that's, that might be in their interest, but I think it is destructive of the interests of the Internet as all of us understand the Internet. Very good answer. Thank you very much. Now, I know we, we have pretty fixed time. I, I'd just like to get in, uh, get in one more question with you, Senator. Um, we've all heard the misstatements by uh, Senator Stevens, so I'm not going to bother going into those. But as somebody who's also sitting in the Senate right now, um, when these are the types of people that we're trying to, to argue a point with, um, what sort of re is there a real debate going on? Is there a, a good intelligent debate, or are we hearing about uh, tubes and and these sorts of things. <laughs> well, I know I know the reference to tubes you're describing, but now there there there's a debate occurring, and it's a debate with information on all sides. I happen to feel very strongly about one side, and uh, that is this: that um, if we stifle uh, the opportunity for people to be able to access the internet with their idea or their business, I think then you you stifle. Uh, innovation in this country and the, the the internet as you know is relatively young in in uh, the most recent years i mean it hasn't been around a long long time and yet it has been almost one of the most remarkable events in our lives uh, you you have unbelievable research opportunity communicative opportunities new business opportunities and i want to preserve that feature of the internet that is its openness others uh, want to come in and change it in a way that benefits it's their big interest, and that's what I oppose. Well, thank you very much. I know we have run out of time, um, but Mr. Dorgan, on behalf of myself, Webmaster Radio, and everyone who recognizes that some of the best advancements uh, come from small businesses, thank you, and the best of luck. Well, thank you very much, and thanks to uh, Webmaster Radio. Thank you very much. Now, we're going to be heading from there into a break, but be sure to hang on to your internets and, uh, and keep the tubes open because we feel that it's only fair to give equal time. So we're going to be coming back with some comments from Senator Stevens, who is on the other side of the fence on this one. So we'll be back in a couple minutes. The Alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial break. Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? 
Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding, and hassles with low-cost top 10 exposure for less than $4 a month from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today and discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the ISEDN.org. What traffic? For results without hassle, look no further than Search Ad Network. Focused on your core goals, our dedicated account management team will drive your online sales, increase brand recognition, and generate leads for offline sales through expert search engine marketing and technology. In addition, Search Ad Network offers free click fraud detection and API access into all major engines to ensure your business reaches their desired ROI. Visit searchadnetwork.com today to experience true profit through performance. And now, transport back into the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Well, like Dave said, going into the break there, we're all about the balance here on uh, WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're, we're, we're about being fair and balanced. But unfortunately, um, we weren't able to get a hold of Senator Stevens. But we were, Dave. We were able to get a hold of an old tape of Senator Stevens, the one where he made those comments originally. Well, that's, I mean, and it is very important to understand that, you know, there's, I'm sure, as we're about to find out, there must be intelligent discussion coming from both sides of this, and, uh, and it'll be good to hear what he has to say and, and really understand where the understanding is and, and who really has a solid grasp of what the Internet is and, and what it means. Absolutely. And you know what? It's good to know that guys like Senator Stevens exist in Washington, D.C. Um, I'm not sure why. It's, well, you know what? Let's let the listeners make up their own minds on this. Let's roll that Senator Stevens tape. Put in the internet, but the people who are streaming through 10, 12 movies at a time, or a whole book at a time, for, 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 for uh, consumers' use, those, those are not you and me. They're not the consumers. They're the providers. And those people who provide these things over the, uh, the, and use the internet for a delivery service rather than for a concept of communication, that's the difference. And I, I do not believe that net neutrality is, 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 is something that, well, I, I would say this. I don't think anyone here has defined what net, net, net neutrality is. And, and we've heard that we're slipping behind. This bill is designed to let us go ahead, to expand the whole concept of communication. And here we have this one situation where enormous entities want to use the Internet for their purpose to save money for doing what they're doing now. They use FedEx. They use the delivery services. They, they use the mail. They, 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 they deliver in other ways, but they want to deliver vast amounts of information over the Internet. And again, the Internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. Okay. I get it. It's a series of tubes. Sort of like cannelloni, but like way more firm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and I, I especially like, just to, just to let us know exactly what his grasp of, of how the Internet works is that he somehow in there managed to compare downloading 12 videos with downloading a whole book. 
Like, anybody who's downloaded ebooks and anybody who's downloaded 12 videos um, would know that there's a, there's a pretty big difference <laughs> as far as how the Internet functions and, and exactly what's required um, to do these things. It, there's going to be a little bit of a, a bandwidth discrepancy between those 12 videos and this, this wow, a, a whole book. Well, um, well, not just that. I think um, I, th- I think we also want to note that uh, Senator Stevens said that these aren't the users of, that we aren't users; we are providers. But in fact, um, we're all users of of the internet, um, and in, in many ways, we're all providers on the internet as well. Um, that's where I well, one of the places where I think the the big disconnect is made is this old economy mentality that. There, it's a really elitist mentality at that, where there's like you know professional creators that um, have to have absolute control over how the content's distributed. Well, I mean, you're you're hitting the nail on the head, and and one thing that uh, that Stevens noted there that somehow we want for free what we're already doing anyway. You know, we already use FedEx. Well, yes, you know, I use FedEx, but let's say um, you know my my child gets diagnosed with. Um, you know, leukemia or something, do I want to go and be ordering a bunch of books uh, on this? Would I like to be able to go and find some medical references uh, on the Internet, get quick comparing uh, information, find out, um, you know, information on people who've lived and, and what it's like to live with this fast and easy um, as you can on, on the Internet, or do I want to have to rely on, uh, on you know, as, as he's saying, um, ordering everything via, via FedEx and, and this sort of thing? I just... It shows a, an extremely short-sighted, and, and obviously all he's considering um, is is people downloading, I don't know, pornography or something, because he's, he seems to be a little focused on the videos there. Um, and he seems to be really focused that that is the only thing that they must be doing. At least that's what he's focusing on in this argument that is backed by, by AT&T. Uh, you know, who knows what his, his real opinion is or, or if it even has one. Well, this is the same man who is who really is trying to build a bridge to literally nowhere in Alaska just for state uh, highway funding. Um, and, you know, Senator Stevens just takes my breath away, and he took most of our time away. And you know, the funny thing is, the, the guy was only on for a minute and a half, and he just ate all that time. Um, Dave, we've come to the end of another hour. We have. It, it seems to happen every week. Ah, weird how that weird how that goes. The nice thing about this hour was, and you know, I don't I don't want anyone to get the idea that this was free because this was not free. This hour actually cost a lot of money and bandwidth. Yes, the the, the network did have to pay for that. Um, and uh, this episode has cost each and every one of you whatever you pay for your internet uh, connection to have an extra charge on top of that. That that uh, like 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 a toll booth on a highway um, would absolutely stifle creativity, um, folks. This issue is up in our parliaments, in our congresses, um, and in our legislative halls. And we, the, this is the realm that where we, the people, make the difference. Uh, Dave Davies set up most of the show, and Dave, I want to say thanks. This was a brilliant show. It was. I was uh, really happy to do it, and it was uh, definitely a, a topic that I'm pretty passionate about. So I was glad that we had the, the time and, and opportunity, and, and another thanks to uh, both uh, Tim and, and Senator Dorgan for taking the time out to, to help educate us and answer some of our questions. Okay, folks, get involved. Uh, this is Jim Hedger from SitePronews.com on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk-Inc.com. Thanks for listening to The Alternative, sponsored by ISEDN.org. 
on webmasterradio.fm. We'll talk to you next week.